It's January 10th, 2021, and welcome to episode 49 of the Big Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I'm Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Happy New Year, and welcome back, everybody. And Callie. Hello, and Happy New Year. All right. So, uh, yeah, it is. this is the first show of 2021. We actually, I think it's been three weeks since we recorded last. Um, and so there's a, a fair amount of little news to talk about. And well, this time we're going to talk about the 10 Baby Metal Years album uh, and its many versions and that sort of thing. And then just a lot of sort of miscellaneous news. But um, we made it. That's good. We're in 20, 2021. Yay. Here's to a better year for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Arbitrary point in time has been, you know, passed. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. So we saw some stuff on TV. I'm trying to remember now. This all it all fades into the background pretty quickly. But on Christmas, there was, I think that was this one, wasn't it? Uh, the Music Superstation Live yes. 2020. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So and this is the one they played. Uh, they played Distortion. Correct. Did you watch it? I did. Not live, but I, I caught it later. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I caught it later as well. I don't know if there's much to say about it. Uh, the the um, uh, Sue's mic wasn't up at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was neat. They were on TV. That, you know, people were watching. So that's good. I don't know. I don't think I have much else to say about this particular one. But Yeah, it happened. It know, was a thing. It, yeah. Uh, more interesting probably is the Kohaku event. You know, so that was the – we've talked about that. A fair amount. Um, that was the the kind of like big deal, red team versus white team, thing that they did on New Year's Eve, counting counting down to twenty twenty one. That was the one where they picked. So I'm not sure exactly how this was arrived at, but uh, Kohaku told Baby Metal, you know, you are playing this song, and this song was Ijume Dame Zetai. And then at the end, there was a little bit of there was a collaboration. Uh, with Yoshiki uh, from X Japan on Endless Rain, but what were your what were your takes on? I guess maybe starting with IDZ. So as far as I know, there was really no official means of watching it live, unless you were in Japan because it was on a uh, it was not on NHK World, right? Um, so you, so unless you had some special TV plan internationally, it was actually pretty difficult to watch. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident there were ways to bootleg it if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but I did follow along live on Twitter and things like that. And many fans had recorded and uploaded it almost instantaneously. I, I think by like five minutes after the performance ended, I saw the full video on, uh, Twitch or not Twitch, uh, Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. I was a little skeptical about IDZ because we know that they only had what, like three minutes or something like that. And that is not a three minute song. <laughs> No, maybe cut a big Um, chunk out of that. (laughs) Cut a cut a pretty sizable chunk out of it, and Mm. you know, I thought it actually worked pretty well. They did they did a good job compressing that into the vibe, while maintaining the vibe of the song into like three minutes. Yeah, it's true. They they kind of they cut out the bit where Moa and the Avenger would normally kind of fight each other and do fighting choreography. So that probably doesn't really fit to the show they're performing on. So that's probably a good thing that they cut that out. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it was cool, and it was 
very high profile mm. too. I mean, like that's very you know, lots of people saw them, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, and a pretty big, pretty big night for uh, everybody involved. Um, I do remember seeing. Uh, I know Bo tweeted. Amura might have tweeted cryptically mm-hmm. that they were excited to have been on Kohaku. Mm. If you read between the lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. There were actually the other thing too was that there this was broadcast in 4K as well. Um mm-hmm. and what was interesting about that was that the they had different cameras. So it wasn't just the show, you know, in two different resolutions. It was actually two different angles. And I haven't, you know, I haven't gone and compared it all that well. Um, I'm trying to remember which one. You could see the cameras for the other one in one of them. I think it was. I think you could see the, the lower resolution cameras in the 4K mm-hmm. shot. So that's also kind of neat. Um, I thought so. There's one thing that I thought was very weird about IDZ, as a as a one off, and I don't. I'm I'm not sure that anyone agrees with me on this, <laughs> but but uh, so last time we heard it in modern times was legend metal galaxy i think right correct so so they did this you know sort of like big stunning epic thing where they had all the avengers and and uh you know it was a sort of a surprise performance and it was it was in the context of a big concert where everybody was into their history and you know like it was a big baby metal moment what really was yeah uh what was what i what i found about this was that you know it was sort of we sort of dropped this song into the you know it's, it's all by itself in in a setting where not everybody was there mm. for big metal some were sort of surprised by it you know and, and uh i was taken aback a little bit like i didn't i didn't i wasn't anticipating seeing this but um but when i saw them do it it really is it's like little kid choreography it's surprisingly uh sort of like unsophisticated and uh it, it it felt it really felt a little bit awkward in a way that that like they were you know now adults and you know in this they have this they had this big sort of like vi- visible opportunity mm. and uh and they they have to go back and do this like this thing that they did when they were little kids and you know it it just it works it works better either when you're really devoted to it, you know, like in the, in the context of the legend metal galaxy concert or, you know, when they're little kids, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, so I, I and I, you know, I wasn't going into it thinking I was going to see this, but, but it did feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know, in a way partway mm-hmm. through, it was like, you know, this, this like pointing and stuff. And I don't know, it just, it, it, it their choreography got better. And, uh, and nevertheless, it was it was still even designed to look like what little kids do. So, how do you compare uh, this comp- this performance to Doki Doki Morning at RockMeCon? Yeah, I think that's well. That's I, I would have put that in the, the Legend Metal Galaxy box as well. You know that the people who are there are <laughs> the one members. You know, I mean they're <laughs> they're they're totally into that. So, I mean, maybe it's possible that what part of the vibe I felt was was that um, it's it's a difference between playing to your own audience and to like a wide audience that might mm-hmm. not be there for you. But yeah, it, I mean, Doki Doki morning was definitely, um, that was, that was sort of made kid like too. <laughs> yeah, it was. Absolutely. So, and, and including her voice, <laughs> which was pretty hilarious. That's interesting that you make that observation based on the context, right? Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you don't, you didn't have that thought when we talked about rock my count and doing Doki Doki morning, everybody was just excited. Um, 
but in the context of Kohaku, you thought it was, I don't know, maybe, maybe inappropriate's not the right word, but strange. Yeah. Well, because, because this is a, this is kind of like reintroducing Fave Metal to people who might have forgotten them, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they grew up, you know, and then it's like, oh, but they're still, <laughs> still doing, doing the same, same thing. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think I probably would have, I would have said that something from Metal Galaxy would have been better in this context, but. Now, they didn't necessarily pick this song, right? That was something Kohaku yeah. asked them to perform? Right, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably had some kind of veto power, but um, yeah. I mean, th- this was not this was not supposed to be their choice. This was Kohaku instructed them what right. to do. Huh. I hadn't thought of that. I'm just happy whenever that song is performed anymore. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> because I feel like that's a rare treat now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool to see it. It was, uh, you know. It worked as well as it could have. I was just, I was um, kind of surprised that at the how weird I felt watching it. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. But, yeah, I, I can definitely say that's not something I thought of or that came to mind. I mean, I guess the other thing um, that occurs to me too is that it's you know it's one of these songs that it has a strong message, you know, a good message about not bullying and how bullying is you know it hurts those bystanders as well and mm-hmm. all the stuff. Um. But it is still, even, you know, even lyrically, it is still kind of like a little kid perspective. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting challenge they have because they were little kids doing metal and now they're, you know, adults doing metal. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation we've had before, uh, not only here, but I think in lots of other places, people have had this conversation, you know, what, what is, what does baby metal look like when they're adults having performing the first album you know because because the 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 point you bring up i think is a valid one uh it's worth talking about you know what what does it look like and and we're starting to see that i guess um when they start bringing these older songs out now that they're 10 plus years older than when they first played them and were written for and some of those old ones, like they can really, they can really work pretty well. I mean, like I think, although I can't quite imagine the context in which this would be possible. Like you know, song four works because it's just ridiculous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but maybe Onedara Daisakusen doesn't. Yeah, probably not. It, it, it. I guess the thing about that one is that it, it feels like you know part of the substance of that song is like you know the little kids mm-hmm. playing criminal or whatever, you know. And, you know, now it's basically just performing a cover, almost, <laughs> if they do it. <laughs> anyway, okay, so was there anything else you wanted to say about uh, IDZ? Nope. No. Uh, so, the other, I mean, the other sort of big thing about Kohaku was the uh, the Endless Rain performance. That was pretty impressive. It was it was Yoshiki, you know, who's the ex-Japan guy, very famous in Japan. Uh, I have to say that I had never heard of ex-Japan or Yoshiki. <laughs> before really uh, getting into baby metal oh okay but um i was expecting you, you know, to say you hadn't heard of them not, prior not to Kohaku. <laughs> oh yeah i mean so it what's interesting about this is that um i'm not sure what i think i uh koba's opinion is of x japan but i know that at least he seems to be treating them as kind of like very canonical you know big metal mm. <laughs> so everything that they do has has gotten some kind of like counterpart 
in what Baby Mel did, did early on. You know, they would, there's iconic shots of, of you know, X Japan, uh, the, actually Yoshiki himself, I think, at uh, this like crystal piano. Right. And, you know, so they recreated that in a concert. And um, I think a lot of the, actually, I think a, a fair amount of the, the neck corset stuff, the, the neck brace things, is based on X Japan and the We Are right. uh, sequence. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, X Japan is a big, it's it's it looms large in Koba's mind, and I think that was partly because I, I always thought of it as being like the concept of little like little kids misinterpreting metal and doing it themselves. You know what they see is extra pan, <laughs> <laughs> so um, everything is kind of loosely modeled on that. Sure, but so that that makes it sub, like a big deal, <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, so I don't. I do. Do you guys know who the other people were? There, there was it was a collaboration with a number of people, including like uh, someone from Queen and, and yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian May and Roger Taylor were the big ones. Um, yeah. They were, quote-unquote, live in their homes in yeah. the UK. Um, that was, that really, was kind of neat. That was, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, so for people, people who haven't seen it, they actually did, uh, you know, so they had a stage. Uh, and so Yoshiki himself was not there. Yoshiki was on video. Yeah, he was on video right? playing a acrylic piano on a beach in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know he was in LA. Okay, that that explains why he wasn't there live. <laughs> well, because he probably can't get there. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows where he is? I, I mean, it wasn't live, so who knows where he was or where he is yeah. now? But where they filmed it was on a beach in LA. It looked like, or yeah. I believe I remember reading. Um, but yeah, you had that, and you had um, the male group. Was it Six Tones? Kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Lisa flanking um, Sarah Brightman, I think collab is that right uh the name is in the list of names i don't know who that is <laughs> oh you don't know who sarah brought holy crap really <laughs> yeah let's see what google has to say <laughs> <laughs> she's a pretty incredible uh opera opera musical uh, talent i see you've okay. heard her voice i can almost okay. guarantee you've heard her voice um famous i think uh the first thing i think i recognized her from was a uh, phantom of the opera Mm-hmm. Like way back in the day, uh, one of the, was it the original performance of Phantom of the Opera, something like that. Long time ago, you've heard yeah. her voice. Okay, but yeah, so they they uh, they kind of ran through the song. Um, the song I the song does not stick with me. Like I can't every time I hear it, I think I've never heard this before, and I know I've heard it several times. <laughs> but um, but they they kind of went through it, and and uh, people had individual solo sections um, yes so sue uh, like relevant to us um sue metal had a little solo section am i wrong about this i think moa um didn't exactly have a solo section she was she was singing with a with other people at the mm-hmm. same time yeah yeah she didn't have a solo but it was definitely a highlight having the camera on her with you know a, a full-size quote microphone. sue microphone <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> something we haven't seen since uh Saku Gakuin, which was pretty incredible the uh the, the yes, whole the whole thing is just a treasure trove of uh clips and fun videos of them clearly having fun and mm-hmm. really proud and shocked to be there and it it's just delightful the whole thing is delightful even mm-hmm. if you don't like the song or the whole concept <laughs> of kohaku it's worth watching just for the wholesomeness of it all uh-huh. It was really cool. And the fact that we saw Moa in front of Sue and not just kind of in the back. 
which yeah. we think that she probably would have been put, but they were on stairs and kind of, no, it was just a little bit below Sue. So that was really cool. And she looked like she was really getting into it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the note I had taken about this was that um, Moa's mic looked huge on her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> it does look huge. Because <laughs> it is funny. We, know, we, you know, we never actually see her holding that, such a thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not recently. It, for whatever reason, does seem bigger than... Uh, if you if you compare photos to her performing in SG, it does seem bigger than even yeah. the mic she used then, which is either she's getting smaller or they found a really big microphone. <laughs> they perhaps thought this was a very funny idea. <laughs> or there was like a Lowe's to choose from, and that's the one she picked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see that. You know, <laughs> she likes to make jokes. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so there was... There was uh, an interesting event. Very cool. Um, the red team won handily. <laughs> yes. Is that a spoiler? I don't know. But uh, I think they got twice as many points. <laughs> yeah, I forget exactly what the points count, but uh, mm-hmm. it was like something like two million to one or something along those lines, or twenty to ten or something like that. Uh, one thing about this whole event that I think is worth mentioning is um, so first of all, Momoko was the Avenger for this. Oh, yeah. um, but after the performance on Twitter and social media, uh, there were a lot of people who were experiencing baby metal for the first time asking who the heck this third person was and why oh, she disappeared yeah. after IDZ. Yeah. Well, um, it's predictable. Yeah. Predictable. But I think it's worth, I think it's worth, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a little discussion on what, if anything, they should do going forward about that, because it is an interesting problem having established themselves as a group of two, but playing with three. I can definitely see that being confusing coming into this fandom as a new as a new member of the fan not a new fan being a new fan would be really bizarre seeing this. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are and how they should deal with this if anything going forward. Yeah, it's interesting. If they it's a so somebody who's actually new, I suppose. Cuz I mean the, the thing is they have they have poured they have poured so much effort into being two. I mean, like mm-hmm. if you look at anything in the in the past year and a half, two years or something, it's just been, you know, interviews with two, photo shoots with two. Right. Um. So. So it would be. It seems like it would be a. Uh, it would be throwing away a lot of effort <laughs> to rebrand <laughs> themselves as two if they then said, "Oh well, no, actually, we're three again." <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's really um, hard because they've only ever called them Avengers. They've never actually confirmed any like any of their names and who they are right right no and then the, sorry the only thing i could think of is when they first start playing and it says baby metal in the corner they could maybe put like avenger in i don't know something like that and then people would be like oh what's avenger and they'll just google it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and then they'll baby, get a bunch of marvel movies who's that but they but they don't do that with I mean the the thing is that there's a easily drawn parallel with the Kami band mm, right yeah. and they don't they don't list who's who's doing that yeah that's true they don't name anybody right because that's that's really what this is they're they're a Kami band equivalent but dancing they're the they're the Kami of dance yeah right Ooh, instead I of like guitar that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the closest parallel we can draw so yeah I think it's a really interesting problem because um, mm. I yeah. do I do think it is a problem. You know, if the goal is to continue to grow the fan base internationally, um, that's definitely something you're going to have to address. And even domestically for them, too. You know, it, it wasn't 
fans in the West wondering who the heck Momoko is, right? Mm. Because this didn't air in the West. It aired in Japan. And they still had people, you know, who the heck is this? What is this? I don't understand what exactly yeah. is going on. It, you know, it's almost like a movie that's written itself into a corner, right? I don't see how you get out of that cleanly. Yeah. Although, I mean, the other thing is I'm not sure that it's – I'm not convinced that it's a big problem. I mean, like people – they 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 thrive on confusion, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, if there's a little bit of like, oh, that's kind of weird, that as people are introduced to it, I mean, they, you know, they get over it quickly enough. <laughs> so, like, I'm not I'm not sure that this actually is going to turn people off, you know, and and make them say, well, I'm, I'm not so sure about this anymore, because there's this person I don't they don't name. <laughs> well, let me ask you this though, you know, one of the things we talk about when we talk to each other about being a fan of this is we ask people who their favorite member is you know what if you're sending at your kotatsu watching kohaku mm-hmm. in japan for the first time you're seeing baby metal and you decide right then and there and fall in love with momoko this 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 person is the one i like for whatever reason mm-hmm. you know and then you go on the internet and google and start learning about this band that you just discovered and realize this person's not a part of it yeah that circumstance does seem like it's unfortunate. I'm not, so, I mean, I guess basically what we should maybe think about is what the upside is for naming Momoko, because then she's, I mean, basically then she's got to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there, there's still this question, there's still this feeling of a kind of like unearned place, but I mean, I guess, you know, if, if she's named, that means everybody's on board with it. And I don't mean entirely unearned, but I just mean like, you know, Two of them have a decade behind them, and one of them has a couple of years. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, that would be the case with, you know, anybody joining exactly. a band who replacing a member, right? Yeah. And I suppose if they are going to bring somebody in, um, I she's done more earning than anyone else at this point. That's sort of on the table, given that no one else seems to be on the table among the original three. <laughs> so um, I'm just thinking that there's there's not enough of an upside or, you know, to doing that or a downside to not doing that, to make it, to make it worth it. Um, mm. because, because they really did sink so much into being two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I suppose that at the end of the Budokan shows, perhaps, uh, they could shift into some different thing, but I sort of feel like, I don't think it's a huge problem. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm predicting will happen. Um, it feels like it would be slightly more comfortable, to know that the third one is Momoko or if it's somebody else to know that it's somebody else. Although it's, it's hard to think of what they would do for a third. Cause it, it does seem weird to, to bring someone in new that we hadn't heard of, you know, or hadn't mm-hmm. seen in this context before, although that's possible. Um, we're getting far enough away from SG that I think the connection to SG is not so important. And we've had Riho for long enough that who, who didn't have an SG connection mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it sort of opens the field, but, you know. Well, let me ask you to this then. If we're still on this Avenger two-person model in two years, three years from now, um, looking in the past at how they've handled the comedy, like the comedy band was supposed to be a rotating group of incredible musicians, but it basically mm-hmm. ended up being the same four guys for years, <laughs> right? Yes. So what if we run into the same situation with Momoko? And I would say that it's different because she's not just in the back wearing a mask, playing a guitar, right? She, mm-hmm. to the outsider, looks just like 
Sue and Moa and his audience mm-hmm. forward. So in a couple of years, if they're still doing this with her, is that something they should still do? Oh, it's so hard yeah. <laughs> to know. <laughs> I mean, they're not presenting themselves as grounded in reality anyway. Exactly. You know, they, they come to exist when the show starts or the interview starts, and then mm-hmm. they cease to exist at the end of it. In a way, that fantasy isn't disturbed by the fact that none of them have real-world personas, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't know what I'll think. I mean, I, I don't feel that, that it's an emergency, like sure. people seem to. Uh, no, I that, don't think it's an emergency either. But it did make me think about it in a different way. Well, and I think you're right, though, that there, you know, there's a, suddenly a, a bunch of new people who hadn't thought of them for a while. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, wow, you changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's been Yui all along. <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting to see what, what a fourth album and choreography for the fourth album brings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just difficult to do a two-person, but not at the same hierarchical level. Or arrangement of anything on stage mm-hmm. but at the same time it's just you know it's it's weird to have an unmiked balancing avenger yeah um but it's but if you once you once you i sort of feel like once you mic the avenger then that starts introducing a real person there yeah x book and Jack makes an interesting point episode 10 is the end of a duo episode one could bring a new era of trio and they that they can't carry on with the Avengers forever. No, they um, could. People say, people say that a lot like, yeah. Oh, they can't do this. And they must do this. No, no they can <laughs> I do don't think they so. <laughs> yeah. But it is, they are coming up to an interesting place where that could work, you know, moving in a different direction, bringing somebody, bringing Momoko in eventually uh, full time as it were yeah. um, with the, the end of metal resistance coming later this year and embarking on a new chapter. If they did it, then, it would feel in retrospect like it made sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to, uh, you know, and we haven't really had much talk of the Avengers uh, except among the fans, you know, mm-hmm. um, anytime recently. So, you know, it has kind of stabilized a moment ago, partly just because everybody else has other stuff they're doing. Right. And it's possible that that is getting us used to it. I mean, like it, I do think that there was kind of like a, an audience manipulation of a sort um, that happened. I mean, that, that was going to happen anyway, regardless of what happened with Yui, uh, where they switched into the, you know, the warrior costumes and mm-hmm. went into the dark side and, and, you know, by sort of like, I don't know, shoving us into a different reality for a bit and then coming back, you know, that makes, that makes the relief of coming back. Like, even if things have changed a little bit when you come back, to, to three <laughs> mm-hmm. um you have seen how bad it can be sort of in a way i mean like even though it wasn't actually bad you like it's there's a sort of expectation managing and what i was trying to get at i guess with this is that that um even if, even if it winds up being momoko they've managed to make that seem reasonable by having her essentially you know there all the time now prior to that right i suppose it's, it's worth mentioning too the reason we're having this conversation centered around momoko is she has been the Avenger solo Avenger for a number of shows now. Um, yeah. And I think it's worth talking about because of, you know, in, in the context of everything else kind of going on in the industry, we know Riho, one of the Avengers has moved kind of off in her own direction. She's doing her own thing with a, a, a new company and 
doing her own music and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's safe to say we won't see her again. I'm pretty confident saying that. Um, yeah. Kano, the other Avenger who just graduated Sakuragakuin, has her own idol slash fashion group, One Five, that is very busy and very active. I feel a little bit less confident saying we'll never see her again, but I, I think it's pretty likely that we won't see her Avenger again. Or if we do, it'll be very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think that that's why it kind of sparks and, we're, and it's worth having this discussion about Momoko because our other two established Avengers are mostly out the door. Yeah. And of course, no one ever confirms anything like this, but I mean, like, I right. think the deductions are sound. Right. For one thing, you know, I think both both Kano and Riho, there's a sense of, I mean, like Riho was famous before. Kano was, you know, maybe a little bit, but there's, I think, a stronger sense that if they were to show back up with Baby Metal, they are now, I mean, like people would say, oh, look, it's Kano, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, in a way, or, you know, like it's, it's no longer, they've got, a, they've got enough of a current independent following outside of Baby Metal that, that it would start seeming weird. It would be, it would be right. sort of like inviting a guest artist or something in. Right. Well, I hijacked 20 minutes on that discussion. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <cool. laughs> that's all right. No, I think it's interesting. It's it, it's all interesting to think about. I do I do kind of feel like there's a little bit of an echo chamber that we live in about mm-hmm. you know, where where people fret to each other about like how oh this is all going terribly and and uh, you know they need to do they need to give the Avenger a mic they need to do this and that and I think that what we think is not as important as sometimes we <laughs> feel it is <laughs> you know like i i think that there are a lot of people out there who just kind of like they kind of like watching the show and they got the album and they don't really remember anyone's name and you know sure. it was all right sure. it's kind of weird that that one doesn't have a microphone but whatever <laughs> right yeah that's a valid point we do live in an echo chamber and you know just by recording this podcast and even if you're listening to this podcast you are in a very 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 small percentage of fans yeah <laughs> right oh yeah um loon in the chat actually uh reminded me of the the fact that the commies are masked as you know that's this relatively recent change um it's a sort of obvious practical one i think it has antecedents in metal you know other mother metal metal bands doing things like this but i mean the, there's a sort of obvious practical thing which is that you know on the u.s tour it would have weird been kind of weird if like suddenly there's a bunch of like Western guys playing, <laughs> you know, um, it managed the fact that they had a, a Western commie band. Right. Well, um, and they needed to transition to, this is two people now. So by putting them in masks and hiding them backstage, you bring more focus to the front. Oh yeah. I guess that's true that, that they're, you know, as, as part of the presentation, they were saying, you know, look how this is different. Yep. So there were always face coverings of some kind, but you know, obviously it was paint. Uh, a lot of the time, <laughs> which is you could, uh, easier to see. Right. Too. Though it's, it is funny how different the commie band look with their like wigs and face paint uh, from like their actual life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Bo, I guess looks kind of similar, <laughs> but <laughs> the other ones, the other ones, you know, it's, it's sort of surprising how, how different they look. Yeah. But I guess what, what, where I was going with this in my head is I'm, I'm wondering, um, idly wondering you know if they're if that's going to change too at some point um i mean i think that the problem is if they are going to continue to have kind of like a western and eastern commie band then 
maybe they will remain more obscured than they were before because you they don't they don't want anyone except like the super fans to really identify who it is right i don't know i i, I really don't know what the future of the western kami is it might it might have been just for that tour my gut says we'll see them again okay <laughs> i think the, the the thing that i was pinging off in the chat was basically just you know wondering about the idea of whether they would ever unmask the kami mm. Um, and I think th- I think to do that, they would have to just sort of accept the fact that they have some non-Japanese band members mm-hmm. with whatever that comes along with. Right. So uh, what else? What else has happened? Uh, we we had a little thing on the radio with Mori Sensei from uh, Sakura Gakuin. Um, what is the name? Sa- Mori Sayashi? Yes. Yeah, talking a little bit about the fact that, you know, it's impressive that they're going to be on Kohaku and uh, taking credit for bringing them to the world. <laughs> but he's very funny. I, I like him a lot. He's one of the best things about Sakura Gakuin. Yeah, he's great. Uh, we also, we learned in that uh, interview, or not interview, that discussion on the radio he had that uh, his daughter inherited a lot of uh, middle school clothes from Moa. <laughs> I know. <Aww. laughs> How cool is that? That is, that is, I thought that was very funny. And, it's probably just sort of like, you know, functional clothes or whatever, but it's still, it still is pretty cool to yeah. be that kid. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is kind of funny though, to, to just think about the, like the normal pedestrian lives of, of everyone that, you know, we talk about here. It's like, yeah, I don't know, whatever they have, they have clothes, they have hand-me-downs. They will probably wear hand-me-downs. <laughs> yeah. What else? So, so we, I think we knew before that Nylon uh, Magazine was going to have another you know, another interview photo shoot thing with them, but they, they from their own official account, they tweeted um, some videos of the photo shoot, which, which I think was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they remind me a lot. It's, it's the lighting, I think, but the, what we see there in the uh, nylon Japan photo shoot stuff reminds me quite a lot of what uh, we had in revolver. Yeah, it does. Yeah. This is it really cool. That, that purple thing. Yeah. Very high fashion looking. Mm. Yeah. What did you think of those videos, Callie? Oh, I, no, I really like them. Um, so I assume this is, they've obviously done a photo shoot and they've just kind of teased like a little video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you think they're going to upload any more videos? I can hope. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I really like seeing these these in motion, like the, the photo shoots happen. Yeah. Um, like I guess we saw a little bit of this in the Sakura Gakuin days too. You know, these <laughs> they're actually very funny little clips of of people like essentially just striking, you know, nine different poses <laughs> as the cameras clicked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, that's not quite what we're seeing here. You know, this is basically just like a sh- relatively short, elegant, you know, video. <laughs> right. Somewhere along the line, photos were taken. I mean, this was nylon doing it. There was it wasn't big metal that that no. posted the videos, but we can hope it's a trend. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, oh, we had, this seems like really long ago, but um, there, since last time we um, recorded, there was another, I think, right? Uh, another baby net, da, da, da. Yes. We never talked about this, right? We so, never did. Volume four. Um, th- so the main bit of merch on this was uh, these relatively large, I mean, like, I think slightly larger than a 12 inch album canvas, Prints, basically. Oh, they're way larger than a uh, LP. Are they? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean they're they're like wall hanging art, but it seems like fairly good quality. You know, they're sort of like an inch thick, and and uh, and I think it's canvas. It is canvas. 
um, there are variations on that on that yellow uh, the yellow picture that is their current presentation. You know, so mm-hmm. the, so there's one one with each of the two. You know, one with Sue metal, one with Mall metal, one with both, uh, and that's what they were selling in this baby net da da da. It was pretty funny, actually, because he came, it, like, as he was presenting it, he came up with this, you know, seemed like a pizza delivery bag or whatever, and pulled yeah. the, the canvas things out of it. It's like, there we go. So, and they are sort of pizza-sized, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, that was Mel's idea. They, they are about a medium pizza box. I'll give I'll give it that. <laughs> so, did you, did anyone uh, uh, succumb to this and I did. buy any of those? I did. You did. I did. I have the no, Sue. I did already. Um, they are hanging on my wall. Uh, I have the oh, Sue cool. and the Moa. I didn't buy all three. Uh, I'm a sucker for a good print and high quality things to put on the wall. I'm not a poster guy, um, but I'll hang. I'll hang stuff like this. Um, uh, though I will say I'm probably done with merch for a little while, just because of how much I've spent on yeah. stuff yeah. <laughs> that will mostly be in a storage box. Um. But, you know, something nice that I can hang on my wall. And, you know, I can say they are really nice, high quality. Um, like you said, they're about an inch thick, um, about the size of a medium to large pizza. Um, <laughs> maybe large if you're anywhere but America. Medium if you're in America. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're really nice. They're well printed. They're well made, well put together. They hang easy. Um, and they're a good wall decoration. Uh, my only criticism of them is you had to buy them separately. You couldn't buy them together. Oh, really? um, so you know, I, I yeah, I paid eighty dollars in shipping for two of them. <gasps> if you wanted all three, you had to pay one hundred and twenty dollars in shipping. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. yeah, only one in the totally cart at a time. Yeah, I don't understand why. That is nuts. That is a thing, and that is definitely contributing to me not wanting to buy anything for a little while. <gasps> is having to eat that shipping cost. Yeah, it's it is funny. I, I think we were talking about that in the last one too. You know about how much shipping can be. You know, like I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, also the uh, Rockmicon, right? I mean, like there was this dumb thing where you had to like buy it, buy and ship a shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, which is fine if it's going across Tokyo, but it's kind of expensive if it's going overseas. And you know, it does seem like that specifically was totally useless uh, for us, the foreign fans, <laughs> to to like limit it to one per cart. I I just don't even understand. It seems like it's a software bug. It does. Like, why would it? you do this? It makes me wonder if somebody on the Amuse board is also on the board at DHL. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, they got specific business strategies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw. I um, uh, Kevin, you were just on podcast desk yesterday, I guess, and uh, I I was wondering. I did see these on your wall because it was a video podcast. But I didn't. I didn't quite. I just assumed it was the album covers or the mm. the um, uh, slip covers or something. But uh, in the chat, you've posted the the image of these things actually sitting on your uh, up on your wall. I have. But I, but I think they were visible on the video stream. They were. Uh, Loon put a screenshot. Yeah, I was on uh, Neon Reapers podcast desk. Yeah. Uh, Friday was that Friday afternoon my time? Was that yesterday? No, that was two days ago. Now, I've lost all track oh, of time. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah what was, what was yesterday i feel like there's things have been happening every day but yeah <laughs> cool uh okay anyway yeah so that 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 uh those things were sold via a baby nut da 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 
volume four. Who knows if we're going to get more. Um, I did not buy any of them. I, I mean, I put them in my cart. I, like I put a couple in my cart and then, then it said, you can only have one in your cart. I said, this is stupid. Yeah. I, <laughs> I sat there for 10 minutes staring at these things like, oh my God, these are nice. But really guys, one per cart. I, you know, I actually spent about 20 minutes ordering these things after thinking about it because I was not convinced that that was the case and that my browser was broken or something was broken with Osmart mm-hmm. that I could only have one in the cart at a time. Um, I remember when these got out, I was in bed because it was pretty early in the morning. I actually got out of bed and got onto my computer because I did not trust that it was, that my phone browser was working correctly. Yeah. That, that's how unbelievably shocked I was that I had to have them in separate carts. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad that they turned out, you know, I'm glad that you like it once it has arrived. I mean, you know, that's, that would have been the worst (laughs) if it showed up and then it was like kind of, you know, bad quality. Yeah, no, they're really nice. I'm, I'm happy with them. Like I said, I'm a sucker for good things to hang on the wall and, as far as I know, this is the first time they've released an official print of something that isn't yes. like a poster. Mm. Right. Um, so I, I definitely wanted them. Um, Xbook asks if I paid two shipping fees. Yes. Ooh. You were not allowed. You were not allowed to have more than one of these in a cart. So if you wanted more than one, if you wanted Sue and Moa, um, and there were three of them, one with both, you had to buy each one separately and pay separate shipping. It must have had something um, to do with the packaging or something. Yeah, I have no idea. And the box quite, was big. Yeah. It's was the second it, um, biggest box. Was it quite well, like, inside? Was it, like, padded? Had to have loads of bubble wrap? Yeah, it was very nice. It was a. It was in its own padded box inside of a slightly larger cardboard box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was very well shipped, very well packaged. Everything I've ever gotten from Osmart has been very, very well packaged. Yeah. Mm. So this... It was just the same. Um, no damage or anything mm. like that. Um, Maybe they just yeah, thought, had they just thought this time two canvases are a bit far too risky to have it not get damaged. Yeah. Maybe, I but I mean, they're packaged separately. They, it was in a protective plastic bag inside of its own cardboard box inside of a larger padded cardboard box. You know, you could have easily stacked as however yeah. many you wanted of these. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, especially considering all of my 10-year merch came in a pretty big box. Yeah. Right? So I know they have bigger boxes available. <laughs> <laughs> so they all run out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would tend not to put such things on my wall, but I, you know, so that was the main thing that kind of led me to thinking, oh, okay, I'm not going to bother with this. But um, but it is, it's hard not to think, uh, maybe I should have. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, you never know. They might come back. The uh, um, Karuda set and uh, the other 10-year set came back on Osmart recently. Ah. Restocked. Interesting. Yeah. I I wish I, I kind of wish I liked the the image better. I'm not, I'm not mm. convinced that I like the yellow um, or gold or whatever it is, but it's less it's yellow. It's less oppressive in person. <laughs> okay. If that makes sense. I think it might. <laughs> but it, it definitely has a uh, Catholic Jesus above the fireplace vibe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Have it the first thing as you walk into your front door. <laughs> yeah. 
okay, let's see. One more merch thing. Actually, there's a couple things, I suppose. But um, so not long after this, I can't quite remember exactly what the context was of this, but not long after the BabyNet da-da-da, um, they actually put that delivery bag uh, up for sale, too. Like the, yeah. the bag that Koba pulled these things out of. It's so <laughs> you know? silly. And it's, I mean, it really is. It's like, it's, I think it's a, um, whatever, like temperature controlled. It's a thermal it's, bag. It really is like a pizza delivery bag. Yeah. <laughs> it is very much designed for Japanese people, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because they, they do have a lot of picnics, especially around like um, spring. They go for a lot of yep. picnics under the um, cherry blossom trees. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I just the only thing I'd like to have it is just to roll up to work with all of my lunch and they're like, all right, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, <laughs> but it's big. I mean, like it, it's big enough to hold the canvas. I have a it's big a lunch. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> it's a hard day. I have, you know, I have to keep my energy up. Yeah. You can drive for but, Uber Eats and yeah. rip your fandom. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, it's it's a uh, you know, it's got the baby metal then like the 10 years kind of version of the baby metal logo on it and yeah i didn't get it but i did, uh, I did not buy that one though no yeah it seems like there's there's got to be a limit somewhere <laughs> <laughs> the apron yeah, but, but where is it i bought the damn apron i love yeah. the apron <laughs> yeah i have i have the apron too and in fact actually i, I so there's an older there's an older thing. I forget what it's called, but um, it's something like a, pi- a picnic mat, you know, that, um, you know, it's an older bit of merch. It's a circular kind uh, of. Yeah. Uh, it was vinyl, like a rug, maybe. wasn't it? Well, there's a, there's a rug. It's the same pattern. It's the same sort of like Tokyo Dome Rose yeah. pattern. Um, there's a, there's an actual rug, but then there's actually, I thought I was buying the rug, <laughs> but it turned out that I was, that what I got was this little vinyl circle that you actually, um, you know, that, that is okay. something like you would go sit on, on outside. <laughs> Hmm. Um, you, I don't think you'd want to sit on the rug outside. No, but so I, I more recently, you know, tried again and did actually get the rug. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, whatever. Yeah, that's went along with the picnic thing. So if you have the the magic blanket thing <laughs> and the pizza bag, you can go on a picnic, and you can you can use your um, metal straws. <laughs> oh God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I didn't have to directly pay for those. No, yeah, it's just an added bonus. <laughs> Such as they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're I, I really do kind of like that um you know the the functional thing. Didn't weren't there um there were ear protectors too at some point, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, there were, I think. That I think they were sold at a Japanese show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh okay, let's see. Oh yeah, the the other I was alluding to another sort of merch like thing. Um they did this launch event in the shows. I think we talked about this. I think we talked about it in the last one that that like on a couple of days after release day in a bunch of different tower records, they had probably Koba uh, going to these different places and presenting. They were basically like lottery winners. I forget now exactly how this worked, but you could you could win a like a pen. And we talked about this on the last one. I oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things that you could get was a baby bones mask. And. Uh, so I just assumed, you know, <laughs> that this was going to be like an actual baby bones mask, you know, it was going to be like a cloth thing. I think that's what we actually said, or what I said on the last one was that you could get a, a an actual cloth baby bones mask. <laughs> and 
Did you see, you saw what they were though? It's like a, a what I think of as like a kid's Halloween mask yeah. <laughs> with like a little elastic that goes around your head. It's totally, it's super cheap. I mean, super cheap, super cheap. It's hardly cool. <laughs> so if you were in Japan, you could go to Tower Records. And if you were lucky enough, you could win this cardboard thing with a little elastic on it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some that's but already possibly up on, handed um, to you by Koba. Yeah, there's some already up on eBay and some reselling sites. Yeah, pushing like a, <laughs> pushing like a hundred dollars. <laughs> Silly, great. Yeah. What what is left? I've been kind of going in through my notes out of order here. So, in that we will talk about the ten baby metal years set here shortly. The main topic of the show. Now that we've ticked over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um. But one of the things that, that uh, you know, we know about this is that the, the, it comes in 10 versions. We don't know what the 10th one even is, but the like 7th, 8th, and 9th, I suppose, are these special special editions that were constructed by each each of the members, you know, Tsu Metal and Mo Metal, and then Koba Metal has his own, which is essentially, you know, some assembly of presumably 10 songs in some order, probably not the same 10 songs as were on the, the actual 10 Bay Metal Years album. And the way you get it is that you submit these profit cards that that's you know sort of you give your guess as to what's going to be on this you know so on the Mo one or on the Su one what what songs in what order, and we've talked before about how that is impossible. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way if you have 42 songs in you know any possible orders, the odds are you know beyond astronomical. But they they actually did give us they started giving us a couple of clues. So, uh, as, as we thought they might, um, so we have that, and this was, I think, Toys Factory who was tweeting this out. Yes. Um, but so we have, basically they, they have little snippets of lyrics, um, from a couple of different songs. So Sue's, we have uh, a little snippet of Akatsuki and a little snippet of Catch Me If You Can. Interesting that neither one is actually on the, the real album, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then Moa, we have hints from her for Shine and Ine. Oh, and MS1, actually, uh, Sui also had Road of Resistance and Moa, we have Arcadia. So we have three hints from each. Uh, that actually does not cut down <laughs> the pos- number of possibilities all that much. No. But if but we might assume that those are the first three in each of those two editions, and we have nothing uh, for Koba. <laughs> Yeah, good luck, everybody. It'll be really yeah. interesting to see if anybody actually wins these. Yeah. <laughs> and if they did, did they actually get it right, or did they just decide to pick four people at random? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because, I mean, like, I think I, uh, I think if we've come up with this before, but, like, if, they, if those hints weren't actually in order, then everything is just hopeless still. Because, I mean, like, even if you knew what the 10 songs were, you've got like yeah. whatever it is, 85 million possible chances, <laughs> yeah, possible orders. I've mentioned this before. Somebody on Reddit did the math. It's one in five quadrillion. Yeah. It's some insane number. So. Yeah. And we actually, you know, we do some, it's not infrequent in an interview that people will ask them like, oh, what's your favorite song? And I, I, I mean, like, I'm sure they give some thought to this ahead of time. I'm not completely convinced that they don't, you know, pick their favorite on some basis other than actually being their favorite. <laughs> but um, uh, at any rate, you know, like we know that 
I don't know. We we know Sue likes homage and I. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, this maybe is a- because it's the dance that she likes, you know. <laughs> That's kind of on brand, right? She liked uh, yeah. Metataro from Metal Resistance. Yeah, Moa liked BMC because it it you know rhymed with PMC. <laughs> <laughs> and she said she liked Papaya as well in like one of the first interviews about yeah. Metal Galaxy. Yeah. This is this is interesting. I didn't know this. Xbook and Chat says apparently um, there are drop down menus for each song with three possibilities. Oh, if you actually register. Okay. If you, yeah. yeah, I haven't done this yet, so I can't confirm, but according to Xbook and chat. Is there a deadline? And songs, and so he also says songs are not repeated. So I suppose, I suppose odds are a little bit better Yeah. than initially reported. Um, still very difficult to win. Yeah, I see. So for every slot, you have three choices. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, he does want to mention that that's what he's heard, but not seen. Um, so that's okay. maybe something we can investigate for our next show. Oh, geez. I was just, I mean, so, so actually my, my, all my 10 baby middle year stuff is sitting at Tunso. Um, right. oh, and you're not even going to get to do this. Yeah. When's the deadline? I think it's the 22nd of January. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. It's the 22nd of January. So you need to get that stuff shipped if you want to have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Okay. All right. All right. Do it now. Leave. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good for the show. <laughs> um, we got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you need the card. You need the code on the card. You do need the code on the card. do this. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe next time we will talk about that. But uh, so everybody gets, you know, a card per special item. Okay. Let's see. Is there anything else? Maybe... Oh yeah, um, last bit of news that we can maybe talk about before we actually pivot back to talk about the ten bay mill years stuff. Um, the Budokan shift. Yes, it's the tenth today. Today is the tenth, and I think the nineteenth is when it's supposed to be yes. Budokan one. That is correct. I mean, I I still I still like only have about a 40% belief that this is going to even happen in nine days. Mm. But they, uh, there was, there was, I think a, like a curfew or something. Yeah. The Tokyo and the surrounding three prefectures were issued a state of emergency requesting people to social distance, not go out. Um, but requesting businesses and events to end by 8 PM. Okay. They, they changed the time. And so they also, in addition to that, like made available some information about refunds. If that, is essentially going to make it not possible for you to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, you might have to work. I guess it's true. You might have to work all the way up until too late to be able to get there in time. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to have a mechanism for bailing on this show. The, uh, the most interesting part of that announcement to me isn't so much the time change. I'm a little surprised mm-hmm. that they're committed to going through with this at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's that after, and, and I'm paraphrasing a translation off the top of my head here. Mm-hmm. Um, after speaking with the members, they decided to alter the content of the performance to better comply with uh, the state of emergency and COVID regulations, um, yeah. which I find really interesting because mm, it's, really weird. it's one of the only times ever I think we've gotten mention of a peek behind the curtain. And then, of course, it begs the question, well, what were they going to do that they're now not going to do? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, maybe maybe they'll just be on opposite sides. Maybe everybody on stage will be very far apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the thought I had was maybe they'll do uh, you know uh, like air cannons or pyrotechnics and things like that. Things that can move a bunch of aerosol in the building. Maybe they won't do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, Sue Sue just doesn't sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they just dance along the instrumental versions. <laughs> yeah. Maybe metal unplugged. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, you know, so I, part of the reason that I thought we weren't going to see like anything until like October was that I had I had kind of been banking on Koba having a, you know a real aesthetic vision of like what concerts are and things like that that is not achievable by a small silent socially distanced crowd. Mm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a metal concert. And so I, I had thought that essentially he would have said, well, I would rather have these big epic shows be big and epic. Um, and later <laughs> yeah. <laughs> than to have, to have them in a, in a big deal venue soon, but kind of crippled in, in a way. So I don't know, but, it, but it does seem like, I mean, like it's, they have on those instructions somewhere, um, basically says you know we want you to essentially stay seated don't shout <laughs> you know yeah. don't exert yourself just watch the show <laughs> it's like you're at a uh orchestral performance you're at the symphony for the night yeah but getting your face melted off they did say that uh i think it was in the same the announcement that they're considering doing a, a live viewing also yes not to be confused with a live stream a live viewing right. in the same vein that they've done a movie theater right. viewing of, for example, Legend M months after the fact. Yeah. So if you weren't able to go to the actual Budokan show, um, you, if you were in Japan, you might have a, an option <laughs> to see it uh, right. again, sort of in public. Which is also interesting because the movie theaters was called out specifically as one of the things they're considering forcing to close. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like, so we have part of the reason that we are recording three weeks after the last time we recorded is that we were trying to adjust our schedule in sympathy with these shows, you know, so we will be recording next after the first one was supposed to have happened. Yes. So we'll get our reactions on that, I guess, (laughs) or that it didn't happen. I mean, it seems like we are not, it's, we're not that far away from the possibility. It seems like of, the government saying, no, you can't do this. Yeah. Though I've heard, I have heard people discussing the possibility that that's actually really not, that's not something that the Japanese government tends to do. It tends more to say, we would, we think it would be better if you didn't do this (laughs) rather than don't do this. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I think we've mentioned this before. It is limited to 5,000 or half capacity, whatever happens first. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, capacity Budokan, I just checked is 14.4 thousand. So, okay. So it would be, it would be 5,000 maximum. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully all 5,000 make it through, you know, without getting sick. Yeah. (laughs) Either on the way there or in the venue. I mean, like that's the other thing too. Uh, But anyway, all right. Well, (laughs) a little bit of 2020 seeping into 2021 here. Yeah. I mean, they're the best judges of what they think they can do safely. You know, so if they think they can do this. Yeah, I do. I do hope that safety is one of the top concerns. I I am not always confident that it is. I mean, like, you know, that a, a kind of like 
well, we're going to do this. We said we were going to do it and we're going to do it could conceivably get close to taking priority, which I'm hoping isn't the case, but, but yeah, anyway, I do hope that, that they believe that it's safe if they're doing it rather than they believe they can somehow get through it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, the, the requirements to attend are very well stated, very clear. Um, they've made a point of mentioning they've hired, I think, two independent contractors that are going to be constantly sanitizing everything. Um, seats, bathrooms, bars. They, I read something about some sort of air filtration thing at the entrance of all the bathrooms. Um, so they're doing stuff. They're doing their best to mitigate risk. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's going to go ahead, then, uh, that's good that they're doing doing all that. So, and I'm I mean st- all of that aside, I'm still really looking forward to seeing what they had planned. Yeah, there was um, you know, so I think last time we were talking about Rock Mecon and its juxtaposition with the bandmaid show that was like the day after or something like that. This recording here um, is actually just the day after Avatar uh, did a yeah. pretty impressive thing. Um, so Avatar, I don't know, you know, I assume. Most people know Avatar because I I know Avatar solely because I saw them live because they were opening for Baby Metal. Yeah, but you know, and and they're 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 funny. Um, they're over the top entertaining, but they they <laughs> did a uh, like a really I think they kind of took ownership of this stream format in a really interesting way. I think um, they you know it was sort of like they're it sucks that we can't all do this. We can't wait to all be together. You know, and uh, in the future and but until then we'll get through it. <laughs> right. And it was a very sort of positive thing, but um, they had a setup where they had basically like a number of different, it was, it was uh, on a stage set, but I mean like they had a number of different independent stage sets that they would just kind of like wander between. And it was actually live, but um, they, in a sense they were really, they were playing with the fact that it was live, but it was, it was not in front of an audience. It was not limited to a single stage from a single angle. So they were able to do goofy things like move from one setup to another setup while doing a costume change, you know? So like when they arrived at the other place, <laughs> they were wearing something different. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was really uh, amazing. Um, and it does make me think that like, it's, it's, there's interesting things that you can play with, with this format. It doesn't just have to be a camera pointed at a stage doing what you would have done if there was an audience. <laughs> anyway, it would be interesting to see if they, could do something like that. Uh, mm. I, I would be interested to see what what Baby Metal's creative team does with something like that. Um, and yet, uh, we have not seen that. I mean, like you know, the Rock McCown was only a little bit of that, and it looks like you know they're trying to do these like actually live shows and actually in front of actual audiences that wind up being more limited. <laughs> so right. Anyway, all right. So the topic for this. Uh, episode surely there's nothing left to say <laughs> so i'm sure this will go quickly but um is the actual release of the 10 baby metal years best album so i do not have any of these things in my possession um i've seen i've read all the stuff um but it's all sitting at tenso as we covered before and as soon as we're done recording i'm going to consolidate and ship because <laughs> i had forgotten about the deadline for the cards Ooh. oh i'm not looking forward to seeing what that Shipping cost is, yeah. but anyway. Um, okay, so Kevin, you have 
all the ones that you ordered in hand so you can give us sort of like hands-on reviews um kelly do you have any any actual items i do i have two i got the limited version b and the one version b but i haven't actually opened them all up yet because uh-huh. I, I want to unbox them on camera but i'm i'm thinking about doing it a different way i just haven't decided what to do yet yep yep that makes sense uh yeah and i mean i so i've um uh i bought the tracks from Ototoy, um which is that's a, a le- like a legitimate way that you can buy uh japanese only tracks so that's right. that's where i have bought i think i bought bmc there but i definitely bought um syncopation there um so I've listened to the remix. Maybe that's actually one thing we could quickly start uh, talking about is like, what did you think of the sound? It's really nice. I was shocked in that I didn't expect to hear the difference immediately. Um, but as soon as I was done um, uh, ripping my CD to a uh, flak and started playing it uncompressed, um, mm-hmm. it was extremely obvious. Uh, that these have been remastered in a way that makes it a whole new song. Oh, like wow. it's great. I wish, I wish every song would be remastered right now oh, because it, cool. it it's worth it. It's really good. Yeah, I I mean I had the same kind of feeling. Like it's it's. I mean I I guess I was kind of going into it thinking that this was going to be true, but um you can hear a lot of stuff there that you couldn't hear before because yeah. um. Just, I mean, generally speaking, the albums, I'm sure we've talked about this several times here, but I mean, the albums are all just dynamically smashed against the ceiling. Yes. Um, and that's what, one thing that this re, remastering did is it just left a lot more room for everything to be um, independently audible. <laughs> you know, there's a lot yeah. more dynamic range. There are places where I think, like the Yui and Momoa vocals are lower. Than, than what I remember, <laughs> but no. Um, see, to me, they're way more forward, particularly in IDZ. Yeah, I think it differs from song to song because I remember having that impression, and then listening to something else and thinking, "Oh yeah, well, actually, yeah. wait, they're, they're they're pretty loud here." So yeah, um, yeah, no, it it feels like the album and these songs actually have a dynamic range now. Yeah, um, I I consider myself an audiophile light in that uh-huh. I haven't spent thousands and thousands of dollars on vintage equipment and stuff like that but i you know i have i have some reference headphones and some reference speakers and i can absolutely hear the difference the sound stage is exponentially larger than say what you get listening to the original track on spotify um or yeah. even the cd version uh, you know that's not compressed by a streaming service um yeah these are the 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 definitive tracks you know if um if this is how they were released um i don't think that the first thing people would say when they are introducing people to baby metal is listen to them live. Don't listen to the studio version. Yeah. I was thinking that thought kind of occurred to me too, that like, you know, I'm actually, I haven't listened to the best album all that much, partly because I still have this lingering, like feeling like I just don't like to listen to the studio versions, Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so I keep forgetting that this, these are improved, but it's still weird to listen to, the like extreme little kid versions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they really are young uh, yeah. when they did some of these. Yeah, no, it sounds really good though. Uh, interesting questions. Uh, Loon asked if you can hear the difference um, between the CD audio and the Blu-ray audio. Um, yeah, depending on the version you get, you get a mashup. 
compilation of lives of live performances of these songs. Mm-hmm. Can you hear the difference? That's a good question. Um, that's not, I'll be honest. That's not something I really listened for. Um, when I watched the, uh, the Blu-ray version, I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah. So I uh, forget now which version it is, but we'll, we'll cover it. But I mean, like uh, th- one of the, um, versions come was comes with the blu-ray that is basically the 10 big metal years album but with the live video behind it basically yeah, right right um and I, from what i've heard the there's there's something better about the blu-ray audio you know that's higher bit rate or something like that um uh higher sampling uh, i'm not sure exactly what but um so that it might actually be better than what's on the cd uh, i don't know about that I'll have to do some more research okay. on that one. I, I can't definitively answer that. Um, the other question I thought that was interesting is Xbook asked, um, would you listen to these over the live versions now? Mm. Good question. Um, for me, I think if I just want to Zen out and put on my uh, reference headphones, I would probably listen to these, mm-hmm. the, uh, the remasters because they actually take advantage of the soundstage and the dynamic range of my headphones. Um, but for everyday listening, I don't think I would fall back to these. I would still listen to the live stuff. Yeah. I think that's probably about right for me too. Yeah. The, um, the person who, uh, the person who remastered this is Ted Jensen, right? Yes. And I think I had read, I'm doing this from memory here, but, um, that he also did the, you know, the, pre- the prior Budokan shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are Ted Jensen mixed or, you know, mastered live tracks if you want to go back that far and they do sound good i mean like i do remember thinking you know of the live ones that i'm that i've listened to those like i'm surprised when i go back and listen to that because i don't listen to it very often but when i do it's like this sounds really good (laughs) (laughs) so i mean well he's one of the best in the industry when it comes to sound engineering um, and so understands that there's something less than 11 on all those sliders. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a Grammy award winning sound engineer. If that means anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're impressed by the audio. I'm still kind of curious. I guess what we have is on on the the editions that like seven, eight, nine that uh, you are doing these profit cards for. They contain songs that are not on the best album and it would be cool although i'm a little skeptical of this being actually what happened that uh, it'd be cool if those were also remastered because then then we would have probably pretty much all what do you think is that is, i don't remember is there any hope you're gonna have to tell me which version it is not the number because i don't know them by the number oh the the what i mean is the the ones that you can't buy so the the moa version the Sioux oh, version and okay. the koba version those have songs that are not represented on anything you have right now. Um, like well, Ine. That we know of. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, actually, yeah, I guess maybe there is, you do have one thing, um, which is the fan, we should be going through this in order, but anyway, the the, the tournament winner. Right. Um, DVD. The question being whether the songs on, the, on that were remastered also. I don't know. I feel like that would have been part of the marketing materials if it was. Yeah. To be the case, because I think basically, if those if those aren't remastered, then there's no hope for the Sue Mon Koba editions. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a difference between like remastering forty songs and ten, you know. So I I can see why it might be kind of expensive to remaster all. 
Sure. But I'm sure this guy is not cheap. Yeah. Uh, okay. But anyway, so we, maybe we can go through the, the actual editions. Um, so there is limited version a, uh, limited version a has the, the CD and the music videos, mm-hmm. Blu-ray. So the music videos, Blu-ray, is there anything, I mean, that is delightful. Yeah. Because for the first time we're getting a lot of this old, the older videos in Blu-ray quality in 1080p. Yeah. Um, so that's, that is really nice. Um, the second half of all the stuff we've, we've seen before that's recent that has pro shots and are on Blu-rays, you know, is kind of whatever, but, um, getting the Doki Doki morning video, Ine, um, headbanger in 1080p Blu-ray quality is very nice. Uh, same with IDZ. Yeah. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, wow, okay, this is what this looks like. Uncompressed. <laughs> or, or closer to uncompressed. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. I mean, like we we had people had ferreted out some of these things when they had been broadcast on TV, right? I mean, like so there were there were a couple of uh, a couple of the videos had been on broadcast on shows where they had been captured, you know, uh, with a little station bug in the corner and stuff. Right. But um, uh, it is it's nice to have the the totally official, totally official and high bit rate version. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the limited edition B came with all these slip covers. Mm-hmm. So, is there is is it what is that? I mean, like, so they're LP covers. They're they're um, a plastic LP cover. So, if you had the ability to uh, take a cover out of an LP size thing, you could replace it with the cover you got. Uh, really, though, they're just LP size prints. Yeah. Photos. Uh, they are very nice. They're well printed. They're well made. Yeah, they um, do look really good. They're mm-hmm. they're frustrating because in order to hang it or do something meaningful with it, you would have to frame it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they're frustrating in that way, but they are very nice. Okay. So, they're, but they're flat. Then they're not. Yeah, they they're are not, flat. Okay. Because the um the Wembley CD and the Forum Special Edition CDs uh had like this little this little cardboard thing that you put around the mm. CD itself like mm-hmm. the normal CD and i was assuming that that was what we were getting here but, no. but you're saying it's not yeah they're nicer than that okay good <laughs> <laughs> so so they could be displayed um if you yes they could be displayed and honestly i don't know what i'm i, don't, I have no idea what i'm going to do with these i mean that's that's the the puzzling thing about this is that uh, should you have whatever like 10 copies of the lp <laughs> to properly put to use these because no. you don't want to put it on your like your beatles record or whatever right <laughs> yeah no, yeah i wouldn't actually attach it to an lp i'd stick it in a frame yeah yeah that's, oh yeah no i mean that's that's what we would actually do but I'm i'm just trying to figure out like what what was their concept of this <laughs> well i think very weird i think that used to be a thing replacing slip covers you know back when records were the bee's knees and not a hipster cool thing to have. Yeah. Um, I, I think if I remember, if I recall reading about kind of the history of that stuff correctly, is that something that you used to be able to do? So I think that's just Copa being old and nostalgic. Yeah, it could be. It could be. They, I used to, you know, back in those days when vinyl was, was uh first popular, um, they used to have these things it's like, so, so, you know, there'd be albums released on, on vinyl, but then there would also often be these, 
like 12 inch singles, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they often have remixes and that kind of thing on them. Um, usually they were somewhere between like two and four songs and they, uh, a lot of times they would have at the record stores, they would have these things they would call flats. I don't know. Maybe I mentioned this here before too, but, um, it was, it's basically just like the cover. They would distribute these to record stores to put up as promotional material. But I mean, it was essentially just like the, the cover, um, but it was it was flat. It didn't contain anything. It was just a 12 inch square. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely would go collect those. I mean, like I have, I have a number of those for like things I thought was cool. You know, the albums I thought were cool or, or 12 inch singles I thought were cool. Um, that I, you know, I'd, I'd actually just go to the record store and say, can I have this? You know, <laughs> <It's> all right. <laughs> and that might be kind of what these are, but you said they were sort of plasticky though. Yes. Not cardboard. Yeah. They're not okay. cardboard. Anyway, very nice. Uh, okay, let's see. Right, so limited edition C is the one that came with the tournament DVDs. It's as advertised. It's just a, uh, I don't know, it's a mashup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's play the song, and we're going to show clips from notable performances. Okay, so it's like what people do on YouTube, but it's, hopefully a little bit more professional, yeah, yeah, professionally. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's what you've seen fans do on YouTube, but official. Um, and it is nice. They did a good job. They picked good moments. There's a lot of Yui, which I really appreciated. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's neat. <laughs> it's something and, unique. Yeah, and no dust till dawn. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So annoying. So yeah, annoying. It really is. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you know, I think we came to this conclusion maybe, you know, two or three episodes ago mm. um, based on how this tournament went, but that it really isn't a camera f- camera failure or anything like that. It really is just, it's some, some legal problem yep. about who owns the footage. Oh, there was a calendar I saw too. How is that? It's, um, it's a little cheap. Uh-huh. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, what's the best way to describe it? I, I, I don't even know. Um, poster material, maybe like a thin, okay. po- like a yeah. thin poster material rolled up, um, all 12 months at the bottom with photos on top. Um, one thing I didn't realize is you get that you get that calendar for each edition you buy. So I have yeah. four calendars. <laughs> yeah, put them up <laughs> was, in every single room. When I, when I opened the Osmart box, I was like, "What the heck are these four rectangle two boxes?" I don't remember buying these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. four copies of the calendar. <laughs> What's next? I think um, the maybe the card game the. The Karuta battle set. Does that that's, really that's cool. great. Yeah. Walk I us like, through that. This is by far my favorite thing of the things. Uh-huh. Um, I am pleasantly surprised by the cards. Uh, when I ordered this, I expected the battle cards to be like playing card material. So, you know, uh, like a reinforced mm-hmm. paper. No, they're like a, they're like a hotel room key. They're plastic. They're like <gasps> oh, a credit card. Wow. Um, so they're, they're very satisfying to hand. They feel very durable. Um, it's oh. definitely something I feel like I could take to a show and use in line yeah. um, without being too concerned about destroying them. Mm-hmm. Um, the mat you play the game on is like a tarp material, like a blue yeah. tarp um, that also feels very durable and survivable. And it's um, big, too. It's big. Yeah, the mat's huge. It's way bigger than I expected it to be. Um, yeah, so I was very delightfully surprised by the battle set. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a CD that comes with it. That's sort of specifically, um, that actually sort of runs the game, right? Correct. 
so I'm, I, I think I kind of get the idea. And I th- well, actually, I think there is, um, this is modeled on, like, there are existing games that are not baby metal themed yeah, that Karuta's, this is modeled on. Karuta has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think what the way the original one was supposed to work is like, yeah, somebody reads a poem or something, but the, uh, uh, it's like the last syllable represents a card that you have to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, although actually I don't even know how you score points or win or anything like that. Right. So yeah, I can run through the game. I think I, I've talked with some, with some friends who've played real Karuta and we've mm-hmm. looked at the instructions in Japanese. So I, I think I have a reasonable idea mm-hmm. of how this works. Um, Darren's actually in our chat. He's the one who kind of helped me understand how to play. So if I get anything wrong, please correct me if you're still here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the way it works is you, you put the mat out, you take all of the cards that have the photos on them. Each um, card has a character in the top right corner. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the way it works is you spread all of these out face up so that you can see the picture um, and you play the CD. The CD is. Uh, 42 tracks and they each have about five seconds of song on them. Um, so, uh, for example, the, the card I'm holding in my hand is Akatsuki. Um, and you're going to get basically one line of lyrics played on the CD. Um, and now your job is to find that card on the mat. And the first person to find the card gets to keep the mat or keep the card. Um, and the, when the CD is over, um, or all the cards gone, the person with the most cards wins. Okay. Um, now, there's another set of cards that have a bunch of uh, hiragana on them. If you want to play this in hard mode, if you're not a Japanese speaker, you can play it this way, which is, I guess, the the way you're thinking of, with where you yeah. read a poem and then you try and find the corresponding character. Yeah. Um, so if you want to play without the CD, you can have somebody read from the deck of lyric cards. Um, again, I'm holding a Kotsky in my hand. Um, these are re- uh, read right to left, top to bottom. <laughs> yeah. um, extra hard mode. Extra hard mode. <laughs> right. So the way this would work is you would have somebody, or I guess maybe take turns reading the card. Um, again, I'm holding a Kotsky in my hand. So uh, the lyric is Akakusomare. And then, as I mentioned, the uh, photo card has a character in the top right corner you would need to find the ah card. Mm. So the first character of the lyric is what you match to the card. I see. So you hear ah, and you look for the ah character. Right. Got it. Interesting. Okay, so that explains why... Uh, like there, It didn't seem like there was much correspondence between the character and the song, but I see it's, it's the character of the first line of the lyric that they picked. Correct. And the lyric that's on the card is the one that's on the CD too? Yes. Okay. So good listening practice if you're learning Japanese and you want to use the characters. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I can't wait to play this with yeah. somebody. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think if I try and play it in Japan, I'm going to get absolutely destroyed, but I think it'll be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, and it does seem like this would be, I'm, torn about this because it's it's merch it's treasured right but it also would be you know it sounds like it's durable it would be fun to just hang out in line and play it yeah these are super durable i would not be very concerned about these getting destroyed um playing you know out in the field with fans um my my only annoyance would be having to hang on to it for the day (laughs) right yeah you want to 
get a like have have a hotel very near the venue or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Um, Expo Gas is a two player or six, seven, eight. It is up to ten people. Up nice. to ten people can play this game. Um, and I suppose it, it's very replayable, right? Because you shuffle the cards onto the mat. They're not in the same spot every time. And you can push shuffle on the CD if you're playing the audio version. Yeah. Okay. And then I think the, are we getting close to the end? I think the, the pretty much the last um, set uh, is the Chronicle set. And so what's special with the Chronicle set, I think, is the interview disc. Hmm. And I think, so, well, we'll talk about the interview disc, I think. It's some separate occasion. <laughs> um, but because, uh, first of all, I don't know what they say. Although I think we do know that it is not exactly uh, the Karakawa um, interviews. I think we have we have ascertained that um, because because um, I think Funny Toss is working on translations and has said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yes. So now and now the question re-arises. Uh, is it going to be even if it is distinct? Uh, actual words are they saying different things <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, one thing i do want to mention mm-hmm. we have breaking news we have official lyrics for from dust till dawn because of the karuta battle set oh that's right <laughs> what that's amazing yeah. yeah and before you get your hopes up it's just one line <laughs> yeah i thought so <laughs> and it's one of the more audible ones actually like oh, it, it took it. me a while to find it but um <laughs> It's it's not it's not just break no but but it it comes a it comes a couple of you know couple of like what do you call them stanzas I guess before before they go to that break part it's it is actually English right so it's sung in English presented on the card in hiragana it's the mm-hmm. uh, it's the the lyric right before the break which mm-hmm. is uh, look at my face more day after day yeah would be the translation so you heard it here first. Uh. <laughs> One one line of official lyrics for From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely the one that we, we knew already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what else? I mean, I guess there's the profit cards. I don't know if you wanted to say anything about those. You, you said you have a number between two and ten of those. <laughs> I have some number of them, yes. Yeah. Um, They're just a little card with a letter on them. On the back is a code. You go to the website. You enter your code and you get to take your guess. Um, okay. This is something we're going to have to come back to next week um, because we have some insider scoop that perhaps it might not be as difficult or as low probability as we once thought because there could be multiple choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we can we can still work out the odds as being not great. <laughs> yeah, the odds are <laughs> but, still not great, but it's it's certainly not as dire as maybe once we thought. Yeah, I hope I get them in time. <laughs> that would be kind of yeah. dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I I understand that I, whether I get them in time or not, my odds of getting this thing are pretty similar. <laughs> but anyway, did you get any of the um, store bonus things, or or all these from Osmart? No, I just did the Osmart stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really bad at doing that. I just some of that stuff is cool, but I'm just like, well, you know, I already bought the thing. From the official source, I don't want another copy of the thing to get this <laughs> other thing that'll just sit in a box all day. Well, particularly because it really does wind up being like, okay, well, so what we're talking about here is uh, like a $30 file folder, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it sounds like 
you know, it was expensive, but uh, turned out nicely. Sounds good. Yeah, the Karuta set is definitely the highlight. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, greatly looking forward to it. Like, the, the, the box I have in um, Waiting for Me in Tenso has, in addition to all that stuff, uh, a whole bunch of the magazines and things, too. So it'll be interesting to get that box. Yes, absolutely. I'm just going to have to... I think I need to stay up very late at night and kind of close my eyes and maybe... You know, have a little alcohol before yeah. I hit the ship this now button. But, yeah, you're uh, going to have to report back on uh, what your consolidation fee was. See, yeah. if, it's, see if it's a new record. <laughs> I think the consolidation probably won't be so bad, but um, um, yeah. the the My, my last couple of DHL um, shipments from Tenso have been just unbelievable. And so I don't know. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe I will rage quit <laughs> and you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> So if you're interested in joining our podcast right. team. <laughs> <laughs> but Okay. Um, I think that's, that basically does it. And then it seems like we're running pretty close to ticking over two hours. So that's good. Uh, anything else anyone wanted to say about the 10 Bay Metal Year set or anything else? Mm, not for me. No, I think I'm good. Good. Okay. Well, so thanks everybody for joining us in the chat. It's quite a lot of people there. So. Yeah, thank um, you, everybody. Uh, and I guess we'll plan to be back here in two weeks so that we can talk about, you know, what happened with respect to Budokan 1 and 2. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully there's something to report. All right. Um, so that is it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. You can send feedback to feedback at babymetalpodcast.com. Uh, rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it. So please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We really hope you will join us then. And until then, see you. <laughs>